Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to Clue Done It, the podcast where we make wild guesses about fake TV crimes. Without any clues, context, or apparently accuracy. All right, let's find out. Who was right. Who was wrong. And who is dead. So... It's funny, we were just doing, you know, our warm-ups yes. for this, which a lot of these warm-ups that we do come from my voice and speech class. I mean, you you obviously were an actor and had warm-ups as well. I was! But, but I kept my notes from back in the day. and I, I did not. <laughs> I incorporated them into a little file that I go through for right. before we do podcasts. I have seen said file. It is yeah. most impressive. My voice and speech class, I got an A. I was very happy with myself. Very nicely done. Yeah. And we always had to do, I think we had to do a midterm and we had to do a final, which were personal evaluations with the teacher. Anyway, he says to me in my evaluation, you have perfect standard English, except, and I was like, huh? what? Except for your D's and T's. Are your family German? Do you have German in your family? And I was like, I mean, I I mean, sort of. Because my... sort of, your grand, sorry, your grandparents are not sort of. Your grandparents are my like... grandmother was German. But I I mean, she died when I was seven. And my great grandmother was around longer. And I did, you know, like go hang out with her once or twice a year. After that. Yeah. And you like you went on family trips to Germany. No, I went on one trip to Germany. Okay, and that one was trip to Germany. After college, I think. That was, oh no, I guess that was while I was in college. That was my junior year. But this voice and speech class, I'm pretty sure this was like my freshman or sophomore year. Okay. What I was trying to get at is that we're doing Vienna Blood, which is in Vienna, <laughs> yes. not Germany. I get it. It's a different Austria. kind of German. They speak a little bit, you know, of a different version of it. And, and so, but I'm like, oh. I wonder if I went there, if I would be like... <laughs> if they'd be like, I, my, oh, yes. Yes, you your speak, D's and T's are just perfect. right. They're just right here. <laughs> it's like you don't even have an accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little known fact that I speak I, that I speak Italian, and I learned my Italian from Super Mario Brothers. So my Italian <laughs> basically consists of things like, it's a me, Jacob. So, this is problematic this, <laughs> this this conversation has now turned problematic but i love it i was gonna say i thought maybe you were gonna say that when you went to france that story they yes. said that you spoke with an italian accent they did and you were they, like they was, what <laughs> i could never i i could never get my r's correct for the french i went to france on a, the whole spring break tour in high school, and everyone kept, everyone kept speaking Italian to me in France. I was like, what is happening? I would say something in French, and then they would start speaking to me in Italian, and I'd be like, what are you doing? What is even happening? And I, ta- I talked to my teacher about this, and my teacher was like, well, it's because you say your R's like you're Italian. I'm like, what? Yeah, apparently I roll my R's a little too much. Is I don't I don't do it like French. I do it like Italian. So me, I definitely have a little Italian. I have Italian and I have Viennese in me. I have a little Austrian in me as well. Apparently, apparently my uh, the my my grandparents left Vienna to come to United States and become minors. So there you go. Yay me! I went right from High German to High Appalachia. There you go. <laughs> hey. <laughs> well, Nothing. maybe if you went there, you would have another kind of accent I'll, that they would that would be just right. right. I'm telling you, I want like this is honestly like I one of the reasons I wanted to do Vienna Blood was because I was just like, ooh, I'm like searching through all the things. Like, does is that what my family looked like? Maybe my family was over there. I wonder like which of these which of these background characters would have been my family. So I'm like, oh yeah, Vienna Blood. This is history for me. This is like I have a deep I have a deep personal connection to this material. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like so maybe I'll watching... be better. Maybe I'll be better yeah. guessing because. Because, you know, like, Vienna's oh. in my blood. <laughs> oh, so you have an edge is I what you I have an edge. Saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm mm. saying because my great-great-grandparents mm. somehow left Vienna to come to the States, I am going to <laughs> rock this this episode. <laughs> All right. I gotta believe. I gotta believe in something. Otherwise, it's like woof. <laughs> just another, just another swing and a miss coming up. No, I believe it. This time, I'm gonna get it. I I hope for you. I have hope for you. <laughs> You're too kind. You're too kind. Now that we now that we have talked about pronunciation and names and accents and all those things, yes, we're doing Vienna Blood. Maybe we should talk about Vienna Blood. <laughs> so the logline is Max Lieberman, an English 
medical student and protege of Sigmund Freud. He's By the English. way, he's, he's English. He's English, but his family has moved to Vienna. So it's not like yes. he is. I mean, his family lives in Vienna. His family, like, yes, his family lives in Vienna. They are from England. So it's not as if he's just like over on like a semester abroad or something right. like that. Like his, right. he and his family are in Vienna, but he is English. Yes. Yes. He helps Detective Reinhardt in the investigation of a series of disturbing murders around 1900s Vienna. 1900s Vienna is a hotbed of philosophy, science, and art, where a clash of cultures and ideas collide in the city's grand cafes and opera houses. I love that they keep saying he's a protege of Sigmund Freud. He's attended exactly one lecture of Sigmund Freud. Well, that we know, because they always talk about him going and talking to him, but we never see it. We, we have never, never see seen Sigmund Freud. Yeah, we saw him once. Or no, that I don't even think that that was Freud. I don't even that, think we saw. But yes, so Ma- yeah. but Max meanwhile though, and I love the fact that like Max, like they stay away from the cocaine bit of Freud. Like that they don't talk yes. about. They stay away from the talking cure and they go they leap over all of this like psychoanalysis <laughs> to go right to Mindhunter where Max is suddenly like a pro- like they they like Max apparently invented the profile of a criminal in episode 1. Max invented the Rorschach test. <laughs> Funny called the Rorschach test right. because it was in. We thought it was invented by no. Rorschach. But no, 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 Max Lieberman I guess invented it. He just this. did the marketing. <laughs> well, you know there is that rule that whoever's the second person to invent something or discover something, it's named after them. So oh, okay. Lieberman did it the first, second. and then Rorschach right. did it second. So Rorschach has that. So yes, it's the same thing as with all these shows where it's just like what what kind of like steampunky? How are they taking the modern world, but kind of presaging it or inventing it then too yeah so we are watching apparently we're watching viking commercials that's what we're watching we're watching viking river cruise commercials on pbs (laughs) passport oh my god i want to (laughs) go so the pilot premiered in 2019 this episode second season it aired october of 2021 and the episode that we're watching is called the melancholy countess when <laughs> when a depressed hungarian countess drowns oh in the bath of her luxury hotel suite it looks like suicide intense scrutiny falls on her psychoanalyst max lieberman oh my gosh oh no so scrutiny's going to fall on him. Yes. Investigating officer Oscar Reinhardt teams up with Max to solve the riddle of the Countess's death and clear Max's professional reputation. I can see a couple of problems with this. <laughs> Other that, than the fact that the accused is participating in his own investigation? <laughs> yes. Maybe? Well, that first, number one. But number two, the season one ended... With mm-hmm. with the, our detective, Oscar Reinhardt, not getting the promotion that yes. he was up for yes. in favor to, his... to his rival, who is a total a-hole stick up the butt. Well, actually, he's not even a stick up the butt. How would you describe him? He's a bit of a brown noser. He's a bit of a yes. power. He's power hungry and he's definitely snooty. Like he definitely yes. thinks that he's better than Oscar and that there's no reason that like Oscar should just be put out to pasture is essentially yeah. what this this guy thinks. Yeah. He, detective and now inspector, now commissioner von Bulu. Bulu? Bulu? Pronunciation again. I have no idea. <laughs> so he is, and you know, Bulu does not like Max because Max does not ingratiate himself on a Max lot of people. Max ingratiates himself to no one. He is just, he is a, he is pompous. He is overbearing. And he's also a little bit of a coward. He hides behind things a lot. Like he, yeah. his first season, he should have broken up with his fiance like from episode one it was clear that he was not in it with his fiance and she had to break up with him so he like yeah he can be what's the word there's a there's a line that they use infuriating he's infuriating and condescending and also just you know hmm, he's prickly he's prickly and hard to get along with yeah yeah. And there I wasn't even sure that I wanted to do this show after we were watching it. I was so infuriated. I was so mad at his character for the way he treated her, his, you know, fiance yes. and this woman who is so full of life and delight and like she's edge and she's sassy and 
She's got all this perfect clothes. And by the she way, she really has an amazing wardrobe. Be- yes. Yeah, because this early 1900s clothing is, you know, it's right on the edge of Victorian. So you have women who are still dressed in that clothing because, mm-hmm. you know, why waste a good dress? So Claire, by the way, is going to show up in this episode. Of course she is. I mean, it's a, you can't let a good love triangle go to waste. So Claire, is, the, right. Claire is Max's ex-fiance. Max is currently in love with, again, a little troublesome, uh, a, a woman that he was a doctor for at the asylum. She received electroshock therapy from his his superior. He is, yeah. Max, by the way, is totally against such barbaric things as electroshock. But anyways, she had it and now she works at the museum and he is in love with her. So she is their kind of like hip pocket kind of... Uh, coroner is not coroner, but like they're yeah. they're forensic no, scientists. Yeah, yeah, you're, she's right, their, you're right. She's their CSI. forensic scientist. Like, she, yeah, exactly. She she knows how to like look for poisons and knows what kind of bugs and threads and everything else is going on. So they do have a coroner that they that Max is no longer allowed access to because he's been fired from the hospital. But yeah, she's their CSI forensic scientist. And I, what is her name? Doctor Amelia Ludgate. Oh, and okay. she was actually recast this season. So we'll oh. be meeting another actress in this role. Okay. Okay. And but the triangle. That, <laughs> that fun thing where they're like, you are exactly the same person, but totally not. Yes. Yes. <laughs> did you get, to, there, will there be some like meta joke where it's just like, oh, did you get a new haircut? Or, or, or the treatments, you're looking much better after your treatments. <laughs> <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, I think there are. Uh, I think there are some little funny bits in here. Like there is an actor who is in this episode. He's a guest star. He plays a role. I don't know what the role is going to be, but mm-hmm. he more of your when, IMDb pre-cheating. Yeah, yeah. He played Sigmund Freud in some other show, <laughs> and then also our one of our leads, Oscar, who plays Oscar Reinhardt, the mm-hmm. detective. He played. Sigmund Freud and something. But I bet that like it's really hard to do anything in Austria and not play Sigmund Freud at some point. It's probably <laughs> like in America it's... you play the president at some point yeah, in your it's... career. <laughs> is there so is there anybody you need to tell us about before we launch into this? Yeah. So the creator is or not the creator, but the developed for a screen by Steve Thompson who has worked on Sherlock and mm. Doctor Who, Jericho. He's been awarded and nominated for very writer awards for all three. And he is a creator of a show called Leonardo, which I mentioned a couple weeks back because it stars the sexy dwarf, yes. Aiden Turner, very good. In the, from good The job. Hobbit. Good Thank job with the, with the dwarf. And the actor who's in Poldark and being human. Anyway, so he is the creator of that show as well. And one of his earliest writing gigs was on a show called The Whistleblowers, which only had six episodes, but a ton of the actors in this show were also on that at some point. But let's talk about Frank Tallis, who is uh, sure, yeah. the writer of the novels that this show uh-huh. is based mm-hmm. on. So he is an English author and a clinical psychologist. Oh, wow. Yeah, his area of expertise is obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and he has written crime novels, including this collection of novels known as the Lieberman Papers, for which he's received awards. And he's also he also writes horror novels under the oh. name F.R. Tolis. He's an English writer. Mm-hmm. He was named at birth Francesco Di Nato Nepolitano. <laughs> Again, Jessica, <laughs> bravo with trying for the, the foreign order. He, he describes his background as, quote unquote, 100% Southern Italian. <laughs> and listen to his background. After he left school, he initially lived an unsteady life, teaching piano and playing in a rock band. And then he married and lived in the country for a while with his wife and their child. Mm-hmm. And after he and his wife divorced, he earned a doctorate in psychology and worked for the British National Health Service for a long time. He taught clinical psychology and neuroscience at King's College. Wow. And he treated private patients. 
He has been a full-time writer since the late 2000s, lives in London. He's published over 30 articles in journals of psychology, and he's written four or more even pop psychology books. And I want to read you the list of his pop psychology books, if you don't mind. Please. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus. No. Who Moved My Cheese? No. (laughs) Okay. So his nonfiction, and the reason why I'm reading this is because I feel like it's interesting to understand about Vienna blood, like Mm -hmm. where some of this weird, like, I don't know, what they're trying to explore, like with Max's relationships or with with Oscar, the detective, like his relationships or or just anyway. Okay, here we go. 1990, How to Stop Worrying. That sounds like a pop psychology book. Yes, absolutely. 1992, Understanding Obsessions and Compulsions, a Self-Help Manual. Definitely a pop psychology book. 1994, (laughs) Worrying, Perspectives on Theory, Assessment, and Treatment. Not I was going to say, that does not sound very pop psychology. Anytime anytime you put theory in a title of a book, it's like, nope, that is not (laughs) not for the public. In 1998, he wrote Changing Minds, The History of Psychotherapy as an Answer to Human Suffering. Oh, wow. 2005, he wrote Love Sick, Love as a Mental Illness. <laughs> and he was divorced by then, right? Like, he yeah, was clear- <laughs> yes, yes. In 2015, he wrote The Sheldon Short Guide to Worry and Anxiety. I don't know what the Sheldon part is. I wonder is. if that's like a Cliff Notes thing. You know what I mean? It's the oh, Sheldon maybe. Short Guide, kind of like, this is what you need to know about worry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In 2019, he wrote The Incurable Romantic and Other Unsettling Revelations. Which I, I does not look like a pop psychology book. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's about. And in 2020, he wrote The Act of Living, What the Great Psychologists Can Teach Us About Finding Fulfillment. That's definitely a pop psychology book. Yeah, 100%. But the, the 2005 Lovesick, Love as a Mental Illness, that came out the same year that his first Lieberman papers came out Mm, which i thought was also funny because i just it's so this is not your typical handling of a romantic relationship what do you mean i think it's in this in vienna blood what how so well because he like he spent half the first season just going out with clara but not being particularly interested in her Mm -hmm. and then getting engaged to her his parents make this whole arrangement and to do there's a party and a contract that's signed and then as it turns out he doesn't really like her and love her and he hasn't really given it any thought yeah he's just going to college i mean sort of graduate school med school trying to be a fancy thinker i mean i love the quote in the last season the episode that we watched where to be fair um, we watched all of season one <laughs> yes <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> well i i love the quote where inspector bulow their sort of nemesis, their nemesis guy yeah. says what do they teach you to be such a so arrogant and and <laughs> yes. oscar says no he comes by that naturally you get used to it no actually you don't <laughs> <laughs> so yeah he's just kind of this arrogant guy who thinks yeah. he knows everything but when it comes down to his own self and his own heart yeah it's definitely a physician heal thyself kind of thing here he can't he has no sense of himself and they kind of they play on that a little bit they play on it but they don't really have any empathy for him and they don't like they have a i feel like they have empathy for the other people in his life but um they they're not making him look good (laughs) <laughs> they well, they definitely they de- he definitely presents as a flawed character. Yeah. What I, what we haven't mentioned, and I do have to mention before we go on this, is that Max Lieberman's father is played by the actor who played Spider in Game of Thrones. Varys. Varys. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, the bald so, guy. The bald guy, but he has a magnificent head of hair in this. Oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. does. He has hair. It took, it, but it took me a second to to, to finally. Like, that's him. That's really him. Yep. Yeah. Yep, he is him. an amazing actor, and both comedy and serious stuff. He is just fantastic. And why Irish. Why don't we? Why don't we say his? He's Irish. Why don't we say his name though? So we oh, get that Conleith up. Hill. Or <laughs> technically, his name is Conleith Seamus Ian Croyston Hill. He is from Northern Ireland. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> that is fantastic. Well, with that in mind, and the Game of Thrones in mind, may I just say that guesses are coming. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back. See you soon. 
Jessica, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Have we f- have we figured out TV? I think people have figured out TV. I think we've all agreed now that everything needs to happen super quick. I think sure. we I think we've all agreed that. that that's the only explanation I can think of because you know my long-standing preference for murder, title sequence, bang, zoom, let's go. We know this. This is this is well established. Yeah. Again, another show. We got a murder, title sequence, everything, three minutes, eighteen seconds. Bang, zoom, perfect. Like I this know, you're is so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy about this. I think American TV has it's 2023, but I think we can check it off. American TV has finally conquered the globe. Good job, American <laughs> TV. You win. You win. <laughs> I think that's what we're learning. Yeah. Okay. Because we okay. certainly didn't learn anything else from this sequence. This is my <laughs> God. <laughs> well, we got nothing. I will say, so drawing some parallels with some other shows that we have watched, mm-hmm. I was remembering when we watched the original Magnum P.I. Do, he do, has do. The... Sorry. Magnum P.I. just makes me make sounds with my mouth. Okay. Go on. <laughs> He has that voiceover, and in the mm-hmm. podcast, I was like, when still to this day, I'm like, what is up <laughs> with the voiceover? Is he in heaven? What? Why <sighs> is he reflecting back on these things? Mm-hmm. And and I don't know that we found out an answer to that in either of our episodes. No, we never did. We never okay. did. It was just okay. A, yeah. Well, this show has voiceover. It does. And that is because. The series title is from the title of the second novel, The Lieberman Papers, Mm -hmm. by Frank Tallis. And in France, the series is actually called The Journals of Max Lieberman. So Mm. it's not called Vienna Blood. I guess just for the English language people, they decided to call it Vienna Blood. Vienna Blood Blood sounds sexier. Vienna Blood. It's foreign. And it's bloody, dark. so it's a mystery. It's dark. Yeah. It's it's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know, we actually forgot to say that up front. If for anybody that has a bingo card, the show is considered a crime drama history. Ooh, history. We just I also add like travel log into this too, because clearly, mm. some, I mean, for me, anyways, some yes. of the fun is like seeing all these other like ex- exotic locations. Yeah. Well, and by the way, I didn't say this earlier, but. They are filming on location in at least you can three tell. of the scenes. You can absolutely tell. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So apparently in this episode, Max is going to meet up with his father at the Burgarten. And then Max meets up with Clara and her fiancé, which is how I found out about this, at Cafe <laughs> Spiri in Vienna. Oh, Cafe Spiri. And I know nothing location... about it. It just sounds great. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, so we got three minutes. This, do, Shall we go into it? Shall we just start out and tell them what happened? Yeah, so there's voiceover and we oh, that's see right, the voiceover. The yes, yes, corridor. yes. Yeah, the voiceover. It's so the whole great. world, the world it. has been mapped. The fables have been destroyed. There the are no dis- mysteries. That's there, how he starts off. There, there are no, no mysteries, and I was like, "What are you trying to do? Kill my podcast? <laughs> Kill our podcast? I'm not trying to sing mine." But <laughs> and then we cut to a very posh dinner. I think it was the hotel's restaurant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. So this woman is very fancy dress, very fancy dress. Everyone's got the champagne flutes and their evening gowns on. And there's an orchestra playing somewhere. And then there's a woman, curly hair, blondish, light blondish, yeah. blondish. And, mm-hmm. and she is something, she's having trouble breathing and she's shaking. She's very nervous and shaking. And she's shaking so much and she's grasping the table that she's at and she's shaking it. So the whole and- her leg is probably bouncing mm-hmm. up and down too, right? Yeah, probably. Something to keep everything shaking. And she stands up, and as she stands up, she's still clutching the tablecloth so much that she just pulls everything off the table. And so everybody else is forced to stand up, and she's practically hyperventilating. So she stands up. The orchestra stops because she's made this scene, and everyone's like, What's going on? Is everything wrong? And someone's like, Someone's like, Don't touch her or something like that. There was some just rhubarb, rhubarb, watermelon kind of conversation going on. And then on. she was saying, Don't, don't look at me. Don't Oh, okay. She was saying that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, and then she leaves the ballroom um, or she leaves the dining room and she goes through this like very fancy hallway or very fancy lobby of this hotel that you don't see much on. And the camera starts getting really blurry here. They do that whole thing where it's just like, okay, clearly this woman's faculties are being like 
compromise. Like she can't see, she's not perceiving the world correctly. So now our screen goes blurry and everything like that. And she makes it to this pillar and she kind of like leans against it and kind of crumples to the floor. And as she does, you see in the distance, this woman dressed in a white gown and she's dressed in this white gown and she's made of lace and she has a lace a veil over her face and she reaches down and she I don't she lends she lends a hand she reaches down to touch or something anyway yeah. she reaches down to touch the woman who looks up at her the woman is still like hyperventilating having a hard time breathing maybe even breathing less and less now and then you cut to a very fancy bedchamber a maid is walking through the room she throws open the curtains revealing that the bed is empty and I don't even think the bed had been slept in and then the maid is like Saying something about good morning or mm-hmm. asking says, for some good morning. Yeah, and then she goes in, and then she goes into the bathroom, and she finds our countess uh, drowned in the bathtub with her hands laid across her chest, folded on her chest, and a weird smile on her face, and her eyes wide open in a tub that is a little bloody. There's something in the tub yeah. with her. There's it's either blood or something, but the water is like it's kind of brownish cloudy and there you go ladies and gentlemen that was it her legs are hanging over the side and she's still dressed in her evening clothes Mm -hmm. with all of her jewelry Mm -hmm. her her victorian like multiple pearls multiple other necklaces yes layers and layers of victorians approach jewelry like like it personnel approach network security now just lots and lots of layers of it they just like to keep it up (laughs) well said yes <laughs> so there you go. That's what we got. Here we go. I'm going to say that it was the baker. The baker? I don't know. I just want to see more at about the hotel? I, at the hotel. Sure. Mm-hmm. I just want to see more of like Viennese pastries. So I'm hoping that it's the baker <laughs> and that we have to keep going to lots of different bakeries and cafes and just be like, yes, show me all of the baked goods. <laughs> so you don't even suspect this lady in the white oh, dress with the lace glove? Much. Well, she could be a baker. If she was wearing something white covered mm. in flour, wouldn't show up. The- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. Let's see. So let, let's let's talk about obvious things here. So she's a duchess. So the obvious things that somebody countess. would... Countess. Sorry, you're right. Countess. She's a countess. So the obvious things that people would want are her title, her land, her money, or her jewels, as we've said. And I'm wondering if this is some kind of situation where clearly somebody is trying to take advantage of the fact that they knew that she was mentally ill to perpetrate this crime. So yeah. it's definitely some kind of gaslighting situation where they were like, they're give, they're drugging her or dosing her or doing something to like consider her grasp on reality unsteady. I think she was having a legit panic attack. I think she was just having you think a she was regular just having a panic attack. Okay. You know, like it seemed like when it was happening, what the people were saying around her or what there was a voice. Like you said, you thought you heard somebody say, don't touch her. I thought I heard somebody say something to the effect. Some, I, I can't really say what to the effect of, but it mm-hmm. sounded like, oh, this is happening again. Oh, it, this is happening to her. This is It's going to be fine. She's going to or oh, okay. you're going to be fine or it, or something, you know. And then, right. you know, she she's grasping for breath. And then as she goes up the stairs, she loses her wrap. She just lets it drop behind her. Well, she goes back and gets it. She does go back and pick it up. Does she? Yes. Okay. I did not remember that. I just thought she dropped it. And it was sort of like to me. She definitely dropped it. When you're having a a panic attack, you're like just trying to like take off all your clothes or let everything like drop behind you. Mm Because you're like, I can't can't even hold. So you can breathe better. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. And then she... Her, she feels like her throat is closing. Definitely feels like her. Yeah, yeah. And I was again like, okay, that's a panic attack because that kind, you do kind of get that feeling as you keep hyperventilating. And then did she? It seemed like the camera was suggesting that this woman in white with the white lace glove might be a hallucination, a hallucination, it, or some kind of angelic real. presence. No, yeah, the person seemed real, and this is why I think it's a gaslighting thing. I mm. think, I think. In the world of the show, I think the, the villains were trying to make the Countess think that she was going insane. But I believe that the, that the person there is absolutely 100% real. Yeah. Yeah. And that maybe she saw the real person 
uh, she hallucinated that the person was somebody else, that they represented somebody else to her. Mm, even right. Though, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though like, it's this, even though it's like, even though it, even though it's just like Matilda from, even though it's just Matilda from the wardrobe or yeah. whatever. Or, yeah. It, she, she thinks it's Angelica, her daughter who died all those years ago. And she feels incredible guilt over like having pushed out of the family for marrying that boy, Rupert, who was a composer would never amount to anything. Yeah. It is interesting that we do know from the description of the episode that mm-hmm. she is a countess from Hungary. And oh, that veil mm-hmm. was very, like you said, like a, a a woman, kind of like a wedding veil. Yeah. Like. And so, yeah, was there some sort of death or killing of somebody and she feels out of place or like her life isn't? Or does she feel she feels like her life is in danger, and is that why she's having a panic attack? Mm, maybe. Or, like you said, is she mentally ill? I mean, the the panic attacks are kind of, a, in a way, like they are an anxiety. Men- you know, it is mm-hmm. a little bit of a mental illness. Oh, because like, it's 100%. not your it's not your your body is just reacting to what's going on in your head. Yeah, to, the, the, to the loop your brain is in. Yeah, you did mention too how she. You you equated the person with the hand on her shoulder as angelic. Yes. And then she, in the bathtub, drown or seemingly drowned. Mm-hmm. She looks crazy happy. She looks incredibly happy. Oh my gosh, she was she looked so happy. We still haven't guessed anything but the baker. So <laughs> yeah. And I can't go with cheese wheels anymore. <laughs> That's it. You, 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 you shot that. That, that. that shot's gone. The cheese wheels are gone. You know um, what? I think she's drinking too much coffee in Vienna. Oh, oh. And, you know. The jitters. It's, it's giving her the jitters. It is. And it's giving her panic attacks. It's making mm. them worse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or the cocaine, for that matter. The cocaine oh, could also be yes. giving her the jitters. Yeah. Because, oh, is Max giving her cocaine? That would be hilarious. <gasps> I so want that to be happening right because now. Because Freud, I mean, Freud didn't say cocaine was good for you, did he? I don't or know. Or he just took you it. Know, he just took it, I think. I don't know that it, I don't know that cocaine appears anywhere in his. Okay. So I'm going to say it's a cup of coffee in the water. I think that she was drinking too much and that mm-hmm. was adding to her panic attacks. Mm-hmm. But she had legit panic attacks based on guilt. And shame from a past wedding that she... Oh, oh. this is going to be so good because it connects with the last season. I don't know if they oh, do this. If I don't know yeah, if yeah, yeah. Steve, the writer, is doing that. I'm calling him Steve because I can't remember his last You're name. good friends. You're good friends. Yeah, yeah. He and I. We go way back. So... Yeah, so I think that they're going to tie A and B stories together. And, you know, Max is mm-hmm, not getting mm-hmm. married to Clara and or Clara. And so they so they're, they're going to have a, a storyline here with the countess where she interrupted a marriage of her daughter to a man. And then her daughter maybe disappeared mm, or ran off. Ran off or was killed or uh, I, I got to make a choice on it. I think that she ran. I think that she she ran off, but then she was killed. But the mother, the countess, mm-hmm. was so distraught that she is in complete denial that her daughter that this happened to her daughter. And so it seems like that her daughter appears to her. As an angel, like you said, outside the hotel room. And so she does die of her heart attack and drinking too much coffee um, and her panic attack and coffee gives her a heart attack. But she thinks that she sees her daughter, her angel daughter, and this person puts her into the – so she's dead, but she's happy – and they take her into the hotel room because they don't want to get blamed for it. So how was it murder? Uh, I think they spiked the coffee. So somebody, so somebody spikes her coffee. And why are they spiking her coffee? Um, they just want to make her feel guilty? Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's the fiancé of the daughter who's upset that he was never able to marry the countess's daughter. And, and so it is so it is revenge. Revenge is, for not being able to marry the woman that he, he wanted. Loved. Yeah. Yeah. And he's been okay. following the countess all this time. Yeah, that's my guess. Okay. I am going to go. So she's from Hungary. <laughs> I'm going to say that she was kind of deposed or she was in Austria and spending all the money that the people son I'm going to say son I'm going to say son back home didn't want her to be spending and going through mm. so I do think that this is I think this is all about the title and inheritance and money so I think that the son or whomever is there is trying to press his suit either to get rid of her so she stops spending money and he has more for him or because they're afraid of what family secrets she's going to spill in her sessions here. But I do think, I think it is somebody back in Hungary. And I do think you're right. I think it is. I think they're playing on her nervousness. They're playing on her, some, her guilt about some kind of wedding that happened. Either she knows that she shouldn't have let her daughter marry this abusive man or she's afraid mm. of her or she's afraid of her daughter or she's afraid of like this woman who has like married her son. So I think that that's what that is. But I think it's I think it's her inheritors. And I'll say son, either son-in-law or son, who is trying to bump her off to get the whole enchilada. And I know they don't have enchiladas in Vienna or Hungary. I'm not sure what they'd call it there, but that's what they're doing. <laughs> to get the whole eclair. To get the whole eclair. Yes. Mm, eclairs. <laughs> So, yeah, so I say it's her son, son or son-in-law, bumping her off to get the estate. That's what I say. Okay. And she's spending too much money. She's spending too much money or she's somehow an impediment to him getting it all. So Yeah. And what is this breathing situation? Why is she going to therapy? Do you know? Oh, I think she does feel guilty. I think she does have anxiety and panic. But, like, it doesn't matter. Like, whether or not she's, again, because she's anxious over, like, her son doing things wrong or she's just anxious because she doesn't know what to do with the next generation or what's going Mm. to happen or she feels guilt i mean i think there's clearly a lot of guilt involved here so and i think and i think it has to do i'm just going to say abusive son like okay there's she's got an abusive son so either her daughter married an abusive person or she knows that her son is abusive and like she feels guilty for who whichever woman married into that and then the abusive son is also trying to bump her off to get everything that's what i'm oh going yeah okay Ooh, and if wow, i don't if, if i don't see at least two different cafe well i know i'm going to see one so that doesn't really i won't really count that but i am looking forward to seeing that cafe i can't wait me too okay <laughs> all right so we'll go check out some cafes and we'll be right back see you soon let's start with food i want to start with food on all of this i want to say that We both thought, so when we paused this right after we discovered her in the tub, the countess in the tub, we were both Mm -hmm. like, what is in the tub with her? Is it blood? Is it, it you even thought, I think it looked like tea or coffee. And I also want to say that, because that was part of your guess, I think, like you were just like, her coffee was personal. Yeah. Um, and, And then, but we thought that like right when that happened, Oscar and somebody from the hotel, or maybe not even the hotel, I don't think it was anybody from the hotel, but Oscar... But Oscar is looking at her, and Oscar has his little, like, snuff box almost. Tin, it looks like yeah. it's, yeah, it's a, a little, little tin, little tin. snuff box. It's decorated. It's clearly, like, it's not like a throwaway disposable thing. And we both thought, we didn't, because we, we hit pause, and, like, it just showed the top of it and him getting into it. And we both thought he was getting a mint. And we were like, he's getting a mint? Why but, are they showing this to right, us? This <laughs> makes no sense. But instead of a mint, what he was going was he's eating coffee beans. Like, he's eating coffee beans as mints throughout this whole episode. And I thought that was fascinating. Like, I want to go back and I want to look at, like, I want to look at, like, was this a thing? I'm sure it was. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they don't put details like this. In, but, like, it's just, just so lovely that that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. And nothing comes of the color of the tub. Nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing comes completely a useless detail just a useless detail right there uh the shawl was important though and we'll get to that yes. the shawl was important but you yeah. know what else so but i, I want to stick with food for a couple seconds here because like they well, i did get my two cafes they went to two different cafes yes uh they did a they had to do a search of the hotel kitchens at one point and i just want to mm-hmm. say they had some beautiful looking bun cakes 
in oh, this thing. Yes. I was like, they had like dusted with powdered sugar just sitting in the background. I was just like, yeah. man, I hope the crew ate well off of those because those look delicious. <laughs> but they did, there was some of that going on there. There was, there a, was a scene of... in the cafe where the waiter, like the scene opens yes. on all the pastries and then the waiter is putting a pastry onto a plate and then delivering it to the guest who ordered it. Yeah, it looked like a very beautiful butternut <sighs> pastry or something, some kind of roll oh like that. It gosh, just it looked delicious. So it's so, so flaky and layered. And... <laughs> and we've eaten. I just want to tell, tell you, like, we've eaten. This is not us being hungry. This legit looked like, <laughs> these look like beautiful foods is what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, it, they really did. It was fantastic. And they, I thought it was also funny that, so that cafe where the pastries were, it was mildly full. There were <laughs> mildly a full. couple there were, of other there were, people there were in that cafe. Two other tables in that cafe that were that had people at them. There were a total of three tables in that cafe. Yeah. And then later on in the episode, they go to a different cafe because Oscar says, I need a drink. Right. And I mean, so it's a bar cafe or whatever. Sure. They go in there, there is one guy by the door, and then another guy who brushes by their coat on the chair. The waiter, I, the wait staff. Oh, that was the waiter? Okay. Yeah. And the, the rest of the place is completely empty. It's this gorgeous oh, bar cafe. Yes. And I was like, oh, it's because they're filming during COVID. Yes. So <laughs> this place is not, or maybe, or maybe you could say they went there before the opera rush sure, came out, yes. the post-show Right, it was during noshing. the show. Yeah, yeah. They had, they had finished the pre-show <laughs> meal. They hadn't yet gotten to the post-show drinking, so it was just the opera, the lull before the opera lets out. Yes. <laughs> but that place was so empty. It was so creepy. <laughs> it was very creepy. It was not like bustling and warm. It was very much just like this is very warm and very state. It, was, it felt very stately, like the stateroom of something yes. that nobody ever actually uses. Yeah. So, but yeah. it was gorgeous. I'm still happy to go. Yeah. Still have you, you anytime. Maybe they also didn't want anybody in that bar cafe because they didn't want to attract too much attention away detract from the other they were reviewing. That was like kind of like the the last minute. That was the they last had twist. Ditch. Yeah, that was the they last had twist. to figure it out. And so Max is like, Okay, dance with me. I'm this person, you're this person. What's Okay, this, this, let's let's go through. Oh, this is it. This is the deal. This so is, this is and the deal. if so they had people, it might have been too distracting to uh, like go through yeah, all of those that. motions. Sure. So that is the second. So the the shawl we mentioned the shawl falling, mm-hmm. and we mentioned the waiter coming by and putting the the coat back on the back of the chair um, in the cafe. In much the cafe, later on. much yeah. later on, that is the second big twist in the episode. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the first big twist first. Okay. And also talk about the fact that, of course, neither of us got it right. No. <laughs> no. We did get all. a couple things right, though. We did okay. get a couple. We did sure. get a, Like, we did get, like, certain bits of things right. So, like, the first big twist in all of this was um, both of us thought that it had something to do with their children. Her yeah. children, the Countess's children. And, like, Jessica was convinced that it was a daughter, and I was convinced that there was a son or a son-in-law who was abusive. And then halfway through the show... I wouldn't even say it was halfway through. I felt like it was minutes after we restarted the episode that the Countess is sitting in the in the in on the couch in mm-hmm. Max's office, and she says... In a flashback. Yeah, I have no children. He right. says, did you have children? No, I have no children. And she's very... She's but then she goes clear. on to talk very clear, yes. but she goes on to something else. And I looked at you like, eh, all right. I guess. I guess we both lost, lost again. <laughs> but the, so the first big twist in everything is that she did have children. Yeah. She had a son. She had a son. And you find that out towards the end of the first episode. So towards the midpoint, you find out that she did have a son. And the son was psychotic and abusive. So right no, now... No, I don't think we didn't find that out until the second... Maybe you didn't, but the, it turns out eventually you, the, eventually you yeah. find out that she did have a son. The son was psychotic. The son was put away in an insane asylum because he abused, tortured, maimed this girl, Blanca Mar, who is the this ghost that is now haunting the Countess. And so, yes. So he went away. And at this point, I'm like... Nailed it. I got it. I got this. I got this. We're good. <laughs> so most of the episode is about them trying to track down her long lost son and like find him. And he wants to kill like throughout the whole episode. Oscar thinks that the son 
knows some secret about the son, about the son or the mother, the countess. So the son wants to kill Max. So Max is in danger throughout a lot of this episode. Yeah. Um, but the big twist about all of this is that it wasn't the son. It wasn't the son. who. So even nope. though we got it right, even though like I got it right and I was feeling so proud of myself. I was like, yep, I know how Freudians work. I know how they think. I know what's going on with this. I was just like, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> I was so sure that was it. I was just waiting to figure out. They're just going to, they just have to figure out who this kid is and we're good to go. Let Jacob collect the point. No. Turns out that wasn't it at all. The son yeah. wanted to meet the mother and the son was definitely a psycho. Like the son definitely kills people, but wasn't going, wasn't trying to poison the mother, just was trying to get some love from the mother again because he felt abandoned in this insane asylum. Yeah. Um, and who knows? Maybe he would have killed her, but he maybe was he would not. Have. But the... he did not, even though he's even yeah. though he was there. So the other, the second big twist is what they figure out in the second cafe. So they know that she was poisoned from strychnine. They know this because Amelia, Max's uh, paramour, the one that he has Who a crush on, was recast oh, from the first season. We need to talk about this. We need to talk oh about this. Oh my gosh! Because not only did they recast her, like like they could not have. They could not have. Well, I suppose they could have made her blonde. They at least kept her with dark hair. <laughs> but she and I'm not like this is not a knock because she played the character the way she wanted to play the character. But it is so different. She yes. plays the character so like the first character, like the first season, the woman who played Amelia. What was her name? The original actress to play Dr. Amelia Ludgate is Jessica Dickow. And the new actress playing Amelia Ludgate is Lucy Griffiths. So Jessica plays Amelia almost as if she is on opium. (laughs) She's very, (laughs) she's not lethargic, but she's very reserved. She's very, like, she's deep in on we kind of and she's very like it's it's a it's languorous that's am i pronouncing that right but she's everything she takes time to respond and she's very much not excitable and like she's good at her job but she's just like i'm just trying to put all like you ask her something and you just wait wait doctor i don't know what you want from me she's abrupt and there's borders but she's very just like it's just chill this doctor, on the other hand, Lucy Griffiths. Lucy plays it like she's the peppy American forensic scientist from any American like procedural show. She is like so happy to be there, ready to go, full of can do and just capability. And it's it's a totally different take on the character. And she great. This this one is happy and fun to be there. Like and she's she's like snippy with him, like snippy and a little like sassy. Like yes, he has been she is pining. Sassy. He has been pining for her for months. Like, we thought they were definitely, like, he, at the end of the first season, he's like, I want to kiss you. And she was like, no, we shouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) And it's such a long fuse, but she is just like, he's like, do you know how many letters I sent you? And she's like, why do I feel you're going to tell me? And he's just just like, (laughs) she's sassy and snappy. Like, I'm trying to do my job. The Lucy Mm -hmm. actress is keeping him on his toes. Like, she is not um, keeping him at a distance by her enigma-ness. Right, She yes. is keeping him at a distance with, like, a fencing sword. Yes. You know, the tip yes. of a sword keeping him at a, you know, you stay over there and I'll be here or I'm doing my job. Romance aside, though, she's able to prove that the Countess was poisoned with strychnine. So we know the Countess was poisoned. We just don't know when or by whom. And what we realize throughout the whole episode is that she only ate eggs and walnuts because they were very hard to get into. So they realize that the, someone must have like poisoned her during the tea course, which I would have really loved it to have just been the coffee course because that would have brought back the whole coffee beans thing. But whatever, it was the tea course. So they're like, yeah. okay, she was poisoned during the tea course. That's why they thought it was the son who poisoned her during the tea course. And then they're like, but it wasn't him. So who could it have been? And that's when they realized it wasn't her that somebody was trying to poison because the countess was fond of this ex-soldier who during the during the episode we find out that she had taken him on as a lover well as it turns out they weren't lovers 
They were just well, we'll companions. Get to it. Hold, hold on, hold on, yeah, hold on. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you think that he's her, you think that he's her lover, and the maid is really upset with this guy because he he not she, the maid, the housekeeper. That this is the head of the hotel housekeeper. She's the head of all housekeepers. Great. So the housekeeper is upset with him because she doesn't think that he's a very good soldier. But in any event, they are convinced at first that this soldier, who's just this gigolo, must have killed her to get her jewelry and her money. And then they find out that it couldn't have been him because he wasn't in the will at all. So they lose him as a suspect. But he still was with her on the night that she died. And what and what you realize was that during the night she died, they had gone up to dance. And as they were dancing, the maitre d' of the hotel walked by, saw that her shawl, which she dropped as she was dying, but her shawl earlier had dropped to the floor. So he picked up her shawl and placed it on the back of her chair. Well, it turns out it wasn't her chair. It was the soldier's chair. So the so the person who was trying to poison somebody wasn't trying to poison the countess. They were trying to poison the soldier. It's just that they put it down in front of the wrong seat. So when they sat back down, the countess drank the poison that was meant for the soldier. Yes. That's what Max and Oscar realize in the bar. So then they realize that someone was trying to kill the soldier. So they go back and guess who was trying to kill the soldier? Jessica, tell us who was trying to kill the soldier. The hotel housekeeper, because she had a son who committed suicide. He had been an Ulan, which is a a soldier in one of the types of soldiers in Austrian military. And he had been having an affair with this ex-soldier, supposed gigolo, who's now staying at the hotel. She was very upset about this relationship and that her son had killed himself out of and guilt and was completely and shame disgraced and disgraced and that this other guy just keeps going despite his, you know continues to live despite his just you know anyway she's very upset and she pulls a gun on him she pulls a gun on him and this is this is where another little thread to follow up here the person who was so she saw the countess when she was dying saw this woman in white blanca mar this woman in white who we thought was a ghost and but it wasn't that she was a ghost it was one of the bellboys the hotel was operating kind of as a bordello as well so the bellboy would dress as a woman in white and then whip the soldier who would, like, put a horse bit in his mouth. So there was some freaky, sexy stuff happening in the background yes. that the bellboy wasn't particularly happy about, but the maitre d' was paying him off to keep quiet about it. And this was how the the ex-soldier could feel complete. So the head of housekeeping walks in on them doing their thing, pulls a gun on them. Max and Oscar burst in. The head of housekeeping is just like, Long hair, don't care, shoots the soldier straight through the head and then says why she did it and then shoots herself. Yeah, right there in front of the poor bellboy. The poor bellboy who was like just, oh my gosh, traumatized for life. Completely traumatized. On the other hand, Max has a new patient. Yeah, I guess. Yes. (laughs) Very true. So yes, so our hopes and dreams were completely dashed. I thought I was so smart and so close to getting a point, but no. So well done, writers. Yeah, that was a really good twist at the end. It was. I had not. Yeah, that that's dang scarf. It was really <laughs> dramatic, too, when it appears in the beginning, you know, when she's going up well, the stairs we... and she drops it and it trails behind her. It was just so, like, poetic. It was clearly meaningful. We knew it meant something. We tracked the detail. We didn't know what it meant, but we knew. I mean, we caught it. We just didn't know what it was. Yeah. So did she fall backwards into the she did fall backwards into the well that's the thing I want want to talk about this because I don't think they ever talked about how she actually ended up in the tub they knew she was poisoned but I don't think they said this is why how she ended up in the tub and I think what happened I think this is me filling it in is that like the the bellboy dressed as this woman found her dying and in order to cover it up because he knew, because everybody knew that she was melancholy and that she was upset when she left the room, just put her into the tub as if she had committed suicide to protect the hotel. 
But they don't. They don't provide a good explanation for how that happens. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe actually the color, maybe there was actually, it just got cut. We should right, read the, exactly. We should read the book. Maybe it's yes, for maybe why there the, there's color <laughs> this in the is, water. The, we are, right now, we are those people on Twitter that Rob Thomas doesn't like. <laughs> like <laughs> maybe one person is going to think about this. We're not concerned with that one person. Yeah, well, we are that one person. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> we thought it was a clue. Well, one other fun thing that was in this episode that I want to mention is that they recast the archivist because, of course, they don't have the internet well, to did look they have, stuff up. Did, well, did they recast or was yes. this? Did, okay, because well, I didn't remember an archivist from I the mean, first season at all. Yeah, there was this guy and he was just kind of a mopey, like quiet guy. He would okay. show up and they would be like a whirlwind. And, well, he would just be like, oh, here you go. <laughs> and then he, and then he would be he, and took, then he, he and Amelia went to the same he and the original Amelia went to the same <laughs> acting teacher yeah mm. yeah so the camera would in the first season would stick for a moment on him because he was just he he had no energizing no energy really yeah. like and, and and they would they, they liked that it was sort he of was, a, like a ha ha moment right yes whereas they were like oh i need this information to find out who this guy is it's a matter of deep importance of murder and he would just be like here you go oh see you later you know kind of <laughs> very understated right so he so oscar detective oscar comes into the archive room and wants to have somebody looked up or some information or certificates looked up. They want to look up this soldier and find out why he's an ex-soldier now. And he's sort of like, oh, hi. Oh, wait. Who? Wait. Who are you? Uh, not that it matters. You're a woman. No, it's fine. It's fine. But wait, who are you? Because <laughs> it is uh, a woman now. And she's, yeah. yeah. Played by Miriam High. And she is also s- s- sassy. She's and, sassy. She is. Yeah. She is very forward. And like... She like there's a great scene with her like and maybe you were going there so I forgive Go me ahead. if I'm about to steal your thunder. There's this great scene where she does some looking for them. She finds out that the the ex soldier was previously involved with this other widow who died of drowning, and they're like, oh, it's got to be this ex soldier. And she's standing there as they like read this and realize this, and they don't even look at her. And finally, she's just like, "You're welcome." <laughs> yes. <laughs> just like snap. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think in another scene, like, actually, all three heads are in mm-hmm. frame and they're talking about something and she's just sort of listening as it's all happening. But, you know, she's contributing a little bit, too. Yeah. But um, she's a delight. Yeah. The yeah, character she's is a, a delight. delight. And I feel like this season, we're getting a lot more of that delight and a little less. I makes me want to read the novels to see, like, how dark and depressing and because they, they, they are, definitely they, like everything also looks crisper this season like yes. it just it looks just like i won't say brighter but things look more in focus more in like it just kind of snaps a little bit more this season yeah if you can use an audio metaphor for a visual thing yeah yeah there's a lot more light and it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like it's blowing out light i want to say if you haven't seen vienna blood and we're you know giving it all away as we do this guy who plays Max, Matthew Beard, he is also a stage performer as well as a screen performer. And he's also a model. He was a model for Burberry in 2011. Oh, he's absolutely and, a Burberry model. Yeah, yes. And pro- but and also a Prada model in 2015. 100%. Hundred percent. He's that kind of like he has the cheekbones. He's very tall, very skinny. Like he's not, he's not ambiguously sexual, but he's like, he's he's, and I mean this in the mythological like Tolkien sense that he is fey. Like he is like he's got like the very fine bones, very kind of tall and stringy, and just a little kind of like yeah, hundred percent. He's a. He was born too late to play an elf. A, well, WB is doing it again, so oh, right, I hope right. his agent is on the phone. <laughs> Have I got an elf for you? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, come on. This guy, he played Edmund Tyrone in Long Day's Journey Into Night on the West End and at BAM. That's the son, right? 
Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the son. The, the tortured O'Neil. son who's O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's O'Neill's character. Yeah. He also was in Skylight with Bill Nye and Carey Mulligan, the 2015 show that went from the West End to Broadway. He earned a Tony Bill Nye, nomination. the science guy? Yeah, he's an actor. Okay. He was also in a movie that I mentioned a couple of episodes, well, more than a couple episodes ago. We were watching ABC Murders, and I was talking about uh-huh. the, oh, un- yeah. the mustachioed, you know, soon-to-be son-in-law that the that this one the, the one of the girls who's murdered is supposed to be married to this guy, and hit her sort of quote-unquote ugly sister had been in love with him all yes. the time and dated him dated him first, and then yeah. the, yes, 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 and then, then the. Mm-hmm pretty quote-unquote now murdered dead girl was supposed to marry him and he has this mustache and i commented that it hid such a handsome man i was really stunned and then i put it in instagram because i was like come on you, somebody needs to back me up on this <laughs> his mustache was bonkers and he himself is very attractive well one of the things that I got that from was all these pictures of him in this movie called The Riot Club, which is about some filthy rich boys at <laughs> in an infamous club at Oxford. And so... <laughs> it's this movie with all of these beautiful English actors. And he is one of these beautiful English actors. And Matthew Beard, who plays Max Lieberman in Vienna Blood, was also one of these handsome young men in this movie. <laughs> That is fantastic. Yeah. I love that you found out that he was part of your joke. From the yes. He's in this yeah. movie, and I've got to go watch this movie now because, my gosh, the men. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I imagine because they are supposed to be filthy rich kind of a-hole kids. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine this was great for his reel because for Vienna Blood, they were like, oh, yeah, we're totally looking for a real like guy who plays somebody annoying and a-hole-y. Oh, yeah, he can totally pull that He can off. do Look that. 100%. Movie. Look at There you go. Go over here. He can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about two more people. Mm-hmm. First of all, just to mention, because we talked about Conleth Hill playing the father of Max's right. father. Varys from Game of Thrones. Yes. Also, his mother is Mrs. Rachel Lieberman, mm-hmm. and she is played by Amelia Bullmore. So and... many Amelias. I'm getting confused. Okay, she's yes, played by Amelia yes. Bullmore. And she is a writer and an actress. She has lots of TV credits as both a writer and an actress and sometimes for both. And she has comedy and serious roles. She's she's done it all. And she started on Coronation Street. Oh, okay. 131 episodes there. Whew. Yeah. And then, of course, we cannot leave without mentioning the actor who plays Detective Oscar Reinhardt, and that is Jürgen Maurer. And he is an Austrian actor. He was a regular cast member of the Austrian co-produced crime drama Tatort, which a lot of the Austrian actors who are in this TV show were on that show. And he also appeared in a society drama called Vorstadt Weiver, as well as a number of other long running long runs and guest stars on other Austrian and German language TV shows and film. And he was an ensemble member, it seems like they're trying to say, at the National Theater of Austria called the Berg Theater from 1997 to 2012. I bet it's kind of like the equivalent of being part of the Royal Shakespeare Company. Mm-hmm. And interesting fact, I think I mentioned this earlier, he played Freud in a yes. 2010 TV show called... Yes. Ein Couch. Sorry, let me just say that again. The show is called Ein Couch for Ali. So a couch for Ali. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. I wonder if that's like. I wonder if that's some weird like offbeat comedy with Freud or something like that. Or, yeah. it's, it's, or I don't know. Something <laughs> sweet. Something sentimental. I don't know. But good for him. And yet you're right. I think everybody has to play Freud. If you're from Austria, I think, yeah, I think it's demanded. Just like everybody in America, everybody like independent actor in America has to play Mark Twain at some point oh, or another. You know what I mean? Like, we're yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. Freud, Twain, one of those things. You're just going to, you're just going to play it. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to go look up in my family tree and find out which, uh, if, if I was more on the side of the Freudians or more on the side of the psychotic <laughs> children. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm hoping I was closer to the Freudians or at least closer to the like police inspectors or something like that. I don't know. By the, by the way, the, the guy who played the psychotic son of mm-hmm. the Countess who, you know, dressed himself as the bellboy. Yes. He is the guy who played Freud in the Netflix TV show. See, I'm telling you, man, you just... <laughs> he, I did At this not point, recognize it's, him. It's law, no, it's law and order. That's what it is. If you're in America and you're an actor of any oh. stature whatsoever, you have to have appeared in a law and order episode. Yeah, yeah. If you're an actor from Austria at any point, you have to have appeared as Freud. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. That's the and joke. I've been searching for it all episode. That's the yeah. joke. And if you're in England, you have to have been on Coronation Street. Coronation Street or EastEnders. Cor- Enders, I'll give you EastEnders. Right. Yeah, EastEnders or Coronation Street. That's what it is. <laughs> All right. Well, eventually we will get all of those episodes on this show as well, but we're done for now. So thanks so much and we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. And now we want to hear from you. Tell us your guesses, your scores, and your suggestions for what shows we should watch next. Go to our website, cluedunitpodcast.com, or email us at cluedunitpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Instagram and Facebook at cluedunitpodcast, or on Twitter at cluedunit. And if you like the podcast, please rate us and review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast to help us get the word out, and maybe you'll hear your review read on the show. Want to be a Clue Dunnit private investigator? Leave us a few bucks at cluedunitpodcast.com and we'll send you a personalized, official Clue Dunnit private investigator license. Officially approved by the totally fake Podcasting Adjudication Board in their secret headquarters in a mountain outside of Squamish. We hope to hear from you soon because watching, watching TV is always better with friends. friends. It's one of those things. It's like one of those school school tales. And by school, I mean college. One of those school tales that everybody kind of like, oh, yes, well, Freud did cocaine. So it's one of those things. You oh, know what I mean? Okay. Like, just okay. like opium was everywhere and people did heroin and it was fine. You could go down to the medicine store and get it. So did yeah. he actually do it? I don't know. That's the story. But I maybe heard. this this is where it gets introduced because we did mm-hmm. have opium dens in the last season of Vienna Blood. So No, that was Lydia Poet. Oh, you're right. Oh, my gosh. See, all of these European 1800 shows. Well, this is in 1800s, <laughs> but all of these like European Victorian Edwardian it's ones. All they're all blending together. It's all blending together. Pretty soon we're going to have Jessica Fletcher in like a Victorian <laughs> gown, and it's just not going to make any sense whatsoever. You're right. You're right.